MMA Roadshow, episode number 415. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is not with me because he is back home in Las Vegas. Meanwhile, I have made my way to San Jose, California for Bellator 292. I think the first time I've been in San Jose since like 2018, 2019, something like that. Been a while since I've been out here, man. We used to come out here quite a bit for... Strike Force shows and you know UFC did a handful and now Bellator as well. The Bellator Lightweight Grand Prix is kicking off on Friday night. Definitely looking forward to that. And we're gonna talk about all that. Um, all right, let me just say up front, I apologize if the audio is a little raspy today. I'm going to be doing my best to um, keep the audio nice and clean. Keep the audio nice and clean. I got sick. I got sick, and uh, a very uh, unfortunate, and uh, I mean, I guess there's never a really good time to get sick, is there? Um, but it happened after after the, um, after the this weekend, actually. Basically, I woke up Monday, and I uh, was just feeling achy, you know what I mean? Just kind of body, kind of hurting a little bit, but I was like, well, it was a long week, and maybe I just slept funny, and I'm tired, whatever, you know? It is what it is. And then Tuesday, I woke up, and uh, I, was, I was coughing, and I was like, uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. Made my way to San Jose, and I was like, well, it's not bad. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, and then I woke up this morning, and, I mean, the, the the first yawn, as soon as I woke up, just the cough started coming bad. And so, basically, if I take a deep breath right now, I get a little bit of a cough. So, I'm, I'm doing my best to make it through. I thought I might have to miss media day today. We had Bellator media day today here in San Jose. And uh, fortunately, I made it through. Shout out to Danny Brenner from the uh, Bellator PR team and uh, CJ Tuttle as well. They actually were nice enough that, I, as I told, I was like, "Look, I'm just letting you know. I'm a, if I start coughing really bad, I don't want to get your fighters sick. You know, I'm, I'll duck out. I apologize." Um, and so basically, they went out and got me some cough drops, which I thought was the nicest thing ever, man. They actually went out and got me some cough drops. I could have. I made sure I set up in the back of the room. Usually I set up in the front of the room. I stayed in the back of the room today. I made sure I was nowhere near any athletes whatsoever. So I, I, didn't, I didn't want to be the one that brought down this card. You know what I mean? I'd feel pretty bad. Um, but there were a couple times today when I was talking and I started to cough pretty bad. I, I, felt, I felt really bad about it. But I made it through. The cough drops definitely helped. I was down in some water, that sort of thing. So I didn't really feel that bad, but it's just, again, you know, A, I don't want to get any fighters sick, and B, you're sitting here talking about fights, and I don't want to be coughing in your ear. So I'll just lay that all out front. Now, normally when I'm uh, away, I might try to turn it over to cold coffee for a segment or so and say, hey, why don't you share with us what you were doing? Because, you know, this is one of those dual fight weeks where there's two events going on. Um, I will say I love it when these two week, these you know dual event weeks, but it's not the same night. We get Bellator Friday, we get UFC Saturday, so you can watch it all. I love that. I, I know that I'm in the minority maybe sometimes, and that I like to watch it all. But I like to watch it all. I hate when they're going head to head because I don't know. I just feel like it's hard to get that same enjoyment out of the fights when you already know the results. I mean, you try to avoid spoilers or whatever, but I don't know. That's that's the the, the joy of live sports, right? It's all happening right then. So. Uh, we get to do that Friday and Saturday, but so normally I would I would kick it to to cold coffee and I'd be like, hey, well, here's what's going on in Las Vegas, and he could tell you all about it, and he could maybe maybe be with hot tea or something like that and talk to him about everything that was going. On. But cold coffee has had quite possibly the longest day ever. Uh, boy, if I ever picked a week not to be in Las Vegas to be the right one, it was this one. They're scheduled today in Las Vegas. I'm sure if you follow any of the other media that's 
based out there. You probably saw what I'm talking about. But they got there this morning at the UFC Apex, and they had the Ultimate Fighter uh, uh, media day, basically, right? So all the cast of, of the Ultimate Fighter was there. You got the prospects and the vets and uh, all that. They, they, they got to speak to all them, which I really enjoy doing. And, you know, honestly, this one, I, I am kind of sad I wasn't there because there's some names on there that I really would have liked to speak to. Um, you know, it's the, uh, the the veterans and um, and prospect season, which I think is a, a cool concept. Not not quite the full um, comeback season or whatever, right? But it's a half comeback season. So I'm kind of interested to see the way that plays out. Uh, they did reveal today that I don't think I had seen before that it's uh, – let me find the notes here because I was talking with Cole Coffey about it. The veterans are being coached by Michael Chandler and the prospects are being coached by Conor McGregor. So that may have already been out there, uh, but that was uh, kind of the disgust today. Uh, cold coffee with some of the text messages that we were going back and forth, but um, you know, you look at some of the names on those on those vets that are, that are coming back. I mean, Jason Knight, the one that stands out right away, right? I mean, always been a big Jason Knight fan, so it would have been great to catch up with him. You see, Bracketone is back. I've always liked Cody Gibson, man, and kind of what he stands for outside of the cage as well. Uh, Timor Valiev is in there, so I mean, you know, there are a couple a couple names that are, are are cool to see back, and then you know, the, the newcomers as well. So um, that would have been fun to do, but they did that. It's always a good day. And then uh, after that, they had the Power Slap press conference. Now, uh, I don't believe Cold Coffee even shot the Power Slap press conference. I believe MMA Junkie has made the decision uh, that they are not covering it whatsoever uh, at all. So I don't even think he, he shot it. So uh, I guess he didn't have to do that. So I, what am I... What am I making excuses for cold coffee for, man? What am I talking about? <laughs> um, but then after that, they had to go straight into the media day. So, um, man, a, a lot of people to talk to. UFC Fight Night 221, of course, happening there in Las Vegas on Saturday at the Virgin. The Virgin, the theater at the Virgin Hotel, which is uh, basically the joint at Hard Rock. It's just, it's been rebranded. And uh, so you've seen events there before. I think the UFC some, hosts like some like seven or eight events there at the joint. So it's that same venue, small cage. And that's because Power Slap is using the Apex on Saturday. So make of that what you will. I know some people will take some shots at that, but that's that's the reason for the movement. I had some people asking why it was there. Although, interestingly enough, that Virgin Theater, that's actually where the PFL will be hosting events too. So that's coming up next month. So the PFL's got a UFC and three PFLs in the next month. So it's kind of cool to see um, so much MMA there. Hopefully, you know, that's going to be maybe a venue that's that's trying to go out and recruit to get more MMA in the building, you know. Um, always always a good place to have more MMA. So anyway, that's what Cold Coffee is doing. And you can understand he's probably uh, suitably cranky. And understandably so cuz i mean he's got to shoot all those videos, produce all those videos, upload all those videos, all that good stuff. It's a lot of work. So when i asked him if, "Hey buddy," and he's actually still doing the media day right now as i record this. So i was like, "Hey man, you want me to uh kick it over to you for a segment?" There was a a very clear definitive answer that no, he's just fine doing what we're doing. <laughs> so uh it'll it'll be up to me and hopefully that my health holds up as well. Uh still kind of reeling in the the aftermath of UFC 285, right? I mean, what a, what an incredible event that was. It, talked about it. Oh, oh, my gosh. Let's see if this is going to work. Talked about it on the end. <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to work. <laughs> okay, we're not going to be doing that anymore. Uh, talked about it on the post-fight episode uh, of the Roadshow over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Um, oh, my God. i got to press pause. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through. <laughs> um, what an event, though, right? I mean, 
an event that I, we talked about building into it, it just felt like a big event, man. The return of John Jones and, um, you know, just the big pay-per-view and the, the move up to heavyweight. It just felt like a big event, and, man, it really did deliver on that. And, uh, man, still kind of, you know, reeling in the afterglow of that. Man, I was actually, this morning as I was getting ready to head down to Media Day, I had a, uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, and I had, um, it was East Spencer Kite was talking to uh, Shaheen Al-Shadi, and I was listening to some of that, and uh, Spencer was saying that he's an advocate, and he knows it'll never happen, but he's an advocate for the UFC taking the week off after pay-per-view events, like just having a, a pay-per-view and then a week off, so that you can really kind of keep digesting everything and not just immediately move the news cycle to the next day. Now, you know, logistically speaking, that'll never happen, but I actually like that idea a lot. Like, if you could structure the UFC schedule that, okay, look, if there's a pay-per-view, we don't do an event the following. Now, you get a situation like this with this month, that would mean, you know, what, a pay-per-view, a break, a pay-per-view, a break. Now you're only doing two shows. But, I don't know, I do kind of like that idea because I feel like you want to keep talking about it. I mean, but there's so much happening now. We got Bellator happening here. We got Marab Devosvili and Peter Jan happening in a key fight there. So, um, it's it's tough to do that. But uh, I, I do think the biggest interesting story was – John Jones returning to number one pound for pound after. Now, I know the UFC rankings don't necessarily mean anything, and I know uh, even though I'm a member of that panel, I know that a lot of people um, disrespect that panel quite a bit, and I, and I get it. Um, it's unfortunate because that panel is just the people that are willing to do it. You know, it's uh, I, I have encouraged other media members that take shots at that panel to just step up and be a part of the panel. If you, if you think your rankings would be better, and they and they might be because you're an expert in the field, um, be willing to take part in it, you know? But uh, I understand there's certain conflicts of interest that people worry about, and I get it. I don't necessarily see those. I just believe that my rankings, my personal feelings on what rankings are, I should be willing to stand behind them. If I'm a so-called expert in this field, I should be willing to say, here's what I find in the rankings. So anyway... I was one of those tasked with figuring out whether John Jones should be number one pound for pound. And ultimately, I decided, yeah, I put him right back in number one pound for pound. I said, you know, the guy never lost. I mean, he was, he's, well, I mean, he has never lost, right? I mean, it's just, we all know what the one is, and he's never lost. Um, when he took his hiatus, he was number one pound for pound. So if he comes back, and I know it's been three years and there's no activity, but he comes back, he moves up the division. He claims the heavyweight title, and not only claims the heavyweight title, but does it in devastatingly dominant fashion. You got to put him at number one. You got to put him at number one. So, I was one of those that put him at number one. Uh, I have seen people that are like, "Yep, absolutely, that's the clear decision," and I've seen people that are like, "This is the most ridiculous ranking I've I've ever seen." And to be honest, I can understand both sides. I struggled with it. I struggled with it. So I can absolutely understand both sides. It does, you know. I, I told you I have my little spreadsheet. And I had the last three years' worth of activity all right there. So I can look at them side by side. And I look over at Islam Mahasha, who I actually have Islam number two. Uh, and I look at that and I say, okay, in the last three years, what is he? Now, first of all, that 24-1 and career record looking awfully good. And then, and then, because, you know, the career record does kind of factor in there. Uh, and then I look at it and I say, Alexander Volkanovsky, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee. Wow. Wow. And it does feel almost disrespectful to put John Jones back at number one. But I did it. I did it. Like I said, he was number one when he left. He moved up a division, which kind of is the definition of pound for pound, right? I mean, it's not. But, I mean, when people do multiple weight classes, we kind of give that some some credit, right? Um, and so I did. I put him at number one. And 
I don't know. I don't know if it's the right choice or not, but it's it's the one I went with, and it just seemed right to me. Like I said, he left at number one. He goes up a division. He comes back at number one. So, anyway, that was USC 285. Uh, Bellator 292 this week. If you're not somebody that watches a lot of Bellator for whatever reason, I would suggest that you carve out some time on uh, Friday night, if you can, to watch this one. Uh, it's the start of the lightweight Grand Prix, and I think, it's, I think this lightweight Grand Prix is going to be phenomenal. The main event is uh, the champ, Usman Nurmagomedov, against Benson Henderson. Uh, talked to everybody today. Usman, very confident, as you can imagine. Um, 16-0, undefeated, first title defense, starting out in the Grand Prix. He's not a trash talker. Um, he's, you know, kept it really respectful, but he's very confident. Uh, the odds makers are quite confident as well. I think you're seeing, like, some minus 2,000s out there, which is insane in any fight. You know what I mean? It's uh, It's crazy. And uh, when you speak about the saying, Usman confirms his corner today. He's gonna have he's gonna have Islam Mahashev in his corner as well as Islam Mamadov and Umar Nurmagomedov as well. And I sent out this tweet right before I sat down to record this. But if you look at that, between Usman and his corner, they have a combined career record of 78 wins, three losses, and one draw in professional MMA competition. That is astounding. That is absolutely astounding that they could boast that kind of a squad. So. Uh, if you haven't seen Usman compete, man, he's he's the real deal. There's a reason he's this massive of a favorite, and he's 24 years old, which is absolutely unbelievable. Meanwhile, you got Benson Henderson, who, you know, the legend, of course, former UFC champ, former WEC champ. He wins here. The title's on the line, so he'd be Bellator champ as well. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible to be able to have a, a third title of a major organization like that. That's not easy to do. Now, he's got uh, – He's, he's, it's an uphill battle. There's no question about it. But as he said, hey, man, that's you work hard and, you know, things can happen. He had a great quote today about social media. Benson Henderson, who hasn't always – he's gotten so much more friendly with the media and uh, in his interviews than, than he was early in his career. And I think maybe um, it's because he realized it, uh, his career is winding down. And he, and he openly admits this. He's like, look, I got three fights left, which if you think about it would be pretty cool because um, there's three fights to win a Grand Prix. So can you imagine if that was the last three fights of your career, you went out, and then you ride off into the sunset. Now, there are some absolute killers in this in this lightweight Grand Prix. So that is not an easy, easy task by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but if you could, amazing. But he had a great, a great quote today that was talking about, like, social media and haters and critics and all that. Uh, and, and I wrote it down because I just thought it was awesome. It's like, if, if you live – uh, from their acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. I thought that was so cool, man. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if what you're doing is because you want other people to notice you or you want approval from other people, um, you're just setting yourself up for failure. I thought that was an, an awesome little quote. Nothing to do with MMA. I mean, kind of, maybe, a little bit. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool. He was he was dropping some knowledge in there. But as he said, he, he's got three more fights left. And uh, after that, he wants to step aside to uh, allow his wife to chase her own career. Of course, she's 1-0 and as a professional. She signed with Bellator. She's supposed to compete later this month. And uh, he wants to help her out. And not, not just to help train her, but also to, like, help take care of the kids. Or, you know, obviously, uh, being a primary caregiver for children, man, that's a, that's a full-time thing. It doesn't allow you a chance to be selfish, which to be successful in the sport – you got to be selfish. It's, it's got to be about you. It's got to be about resting when you need to rest, eating when you need to eat, um, training when you need to train. You know what I mean? And uh, he's, he's he's saying, look, now I'm going to let her do that. I'm going to let her have that opportunity. So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a pretty uh, pretty unique, uh, you know, time for his credit. He's winding down and realizes, hey, I'm going to allow her this stuff. And I thought that was pretty awesome.
Meanwhile, the co-main event is the other uh, opening round matchup with Tufik Musayev and Alexander Shabli. And, uh, man, I-, I can tell you right now, the buzz on the ground, the the, the people behind the scenes, the, the reporters, even the staff, I mean, I, they're, they're not allowed to give any record, but everybody's hyped for this fight. This is, this is a fight that um, you don't know these guys, totally understand. I mean, it's hard to keep up with everything these days, right? And... Shabli's been here a little bit. Musayev just barely came to the to the promotion, but you know they don't have a ton of experience uh, fighting in the United States. But these dudes are killers. Um, incredible combined records between the two of them, uh, and the ability to finish fights. So um, this one is going to be absolute fireworks. Uh, and the rest of the main card: Valentin Moldowski uh, and Linton Vassell. That's a number one contender fight, and uh, Mike Kogan was translating actually for Valentin Moldowski, and he actually said, like, yeah, the winner's going to fight for the title, which was kind of funny. So I was asking Valentin if he had the opinion that if he won, even though he just had a title fight uh, earlier this year, or let's just say early last year, uh, that didn't go his way, and since then all he's had is a no contest. If he won this, does he believe it'd be a title shot again? And Mike was like, yeah, he's it's going to be a title shot. <laughs> so if he wins, so... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Meanwhile, Linton Vassell, he's actually pretty excited as well because he feels like it's also a number one contender fight. And you'll remember when he moved up to heavyweight, he lost to Valentin Moldowski. Um, it, it was his first fight at heavyweight, and he was like, "Man, I just..." I, he even admitted today, he's like, "Dude, I didn't, I, I didn't take cardio serious. I thought if I was moving to heavyweight, like these heavyweights wouldn't be in shape. So why did I have to worry about it?" And he's like, "Whoops, messed that up." So, you know, he wants to beat Moldowski, and then that would get him a title shot against Bader, who also beat him. Um, and he'd, he'd like to beat him. And, you know, so it's a revenge tour for him. So that's pretty cool. And then the main card kicks off with Michael Venom Page versus Goichi Yamauchi. Of course, MVP, one of the flashier fighters in the organization and uh, uh, a fun fighter to watch. And Goichi Yamauchi has been around a ton as well. I mean, he's been in the organization for 10 years as well. Um, started as a featherweight, then went up to lightweight, and now he's up to welterweight. So he'll probably finish his career there. He's like, man. Just physically speaking, I feel better, but psychologically, I'm, I'm better as well because I'm just not having to worry about this weight cut all the time. I just feel like I'm, I'm in a much better place. So uh, a good main card on Friday night. Definitely worth carving out some time in your schedule and checking it out. And then, of course, that goes into Saturday's event. I'm actually going to fly back Saturday morning um, and should make it right around the time the prelims start. I'm Hopefully not late. Uh, I am exposing myself as an American Airlines uh, mileage whore. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't make myself laugh. Um, because Southwest Airlines does fly direct between uh, San Jose and uh, Las Vegas, but I always take the connection through LAX so that I can get my American Airlines miles. And I realize how ridiculous that is, but yeah, that's what I do. Uh, Peter Yon versus Rob really in the main event. Phenomenal main event. I am ecstatic to see this. I have not seen their interviews yet today. I'm definitely going to check that out um, and see what those guys had to say. It's a clash of styles to me. And I'll tell you what, I like Devalishvili as an underdog here. Maybe that's just me. Um, but, you know, stylistically, it, you know, we haven't seen him go five rounds. But is there anything about Murad Devalishvili that suggests to you he can't go five rounds? Because there's nothing for me. And and Peter Yan, definitely the better striker. But, I mean, when you've got that wrestling game that Murad has – I mean, he'll take you down. You stand up, he'll take you down again. You stand up, he'll take you down again. So, I don't know. I, I don't want to discount Peter Young because he's a phenomenal fighter. But I'm kind of feeling Marab Devalishvili as a, as an underdog here. Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov uh, in the uh, uh, co-main event. Oh, man, this is this is a struggle. Nikita Krilov. <sighs> I don't want to call it. 
don't know if I can do this. <laughs> That's not good. Um, we may have to abort mission on this one. <laughs> I am not feeling very good right now. Uh, hopefully this is not the last podcast I ever do. If so, it's been a great run. We did 415 straight. I'm just kidding. I think I'll, I think I'll be totally fine. But this is probably not the case, and nobody wants to hear me coughing. So it is with uh, humble admittance and apology that I say to you, I think that's it, and thanks for listening. Thank you.